Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loisel. And with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo. Hi, Mark. Hey, hey, hey. You know what? What you got to say? <laughs> no poop jokes. Yeah, oh, oh, thank, thank the maker. <laughs> no, today I have to tell you that it is so hot mm-hmm. that if I forgot to leave the air conditioning on for the cats, mm-hmm. I would have to leave you a note that would say, cat dead details later. <laughs> you know, because the cats would die. Wait, they have to die? No, the cats would die. Oh, the cats would die, yeah. I yeah. mean, they do have to die eventually, but, yeah. oh, you know. No, not, now if they get that, uh, that reagent, that hot new... <laughs> the glow stick? N- yeah, yeah, that glow stick formula, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you can find us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And Instagram and Twitter. And you can find us at The Real Appeal with two E's on each of those... Uh, formats and then you can email us at the at gmail.com and you can review us on itunes so that we can be noticed because we're attention whores and we need we need those likes well i we don't need to be attention i don't we need to be attention <laughs> yeah. fuck did you use that correctly no we need to be attentioned please <laughs> attention attention us <laughs> Did you see my face when I said yeah, it? Yeah, I, I can hear you. I can feel you calculating like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I can't stop it. <laughs> just run through it. Yeah, just, you know, as 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 I take the words from, um, uh, I forgot what his name, from uh, Reservoir Dogs, the big, the big old guy, just shit in your pants and jump in the pool. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't get that reference, but whatever. Yeah, that's okay. You don't. <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> um, this week, we are doing the news. We're doing two different geriatric cinematics. So we've got um, Reanimator and Pet Cemetery, And in between, we have Variety Time. Uh, we have some, like, a more expanded news segment to talk about. Mm. And, um... That's it. Our topic is reanimation domination. Mm-hmm. If you guys didn't notice that classic tune, you might be confused that that was the psycho tune, but that's actually uh, the reanimator theme composed by Richard Band. So, And it's also, you know, as I pointed out, and other people also seem to think it's also kind of Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice, Tim Burton-y and stuff like that. Yeah. That's what Tim Burton got it for. He was like, I want Danny Elfman to sound like that. And there we go. Yep. And we're off to the races. <laughs> yeah, and dogs are barking. Dogs are barking because they want to join the podcast. No, you can't. <laughs> you piece of shut. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should just see it and get on with the news. <laughs> uh, oh, the, the dog wants to tell the news. Okay, so what happened in the news was um, Brian Fuller did an extended interview with Collider, um, and he dropped some knowledge. Uh, that Matt Mickelson uh, was not originally up for the first choice to play Hannibal Lecter. Which, or the second. Or, or the, the third. second or the third, yeah. Uh, originally, um, and people over at NBC wanted John Cusack <laughs> to play Hannibal Lecter. 
Isn't that kind of an odd choice? That's a very odd choice. Like, he's, like doesn't he do like rom coms from like the eighties and nineties? He, he has done a, he has done a number of serious films and type of like horror films, but Hannibal Lecter is a way too complex character. Character. Um, so what Brian Fuller said while interviewing while being interviewed by um, uh, Collider, um, his quote was: uh, "There was some resistance to Matt Mickelson because he was European." which is weird, which is Hannibal Lecter, uh, because he was, he was somebody who you could look at and go, yeah, I buy that he eats people. <laughs> you know, because you, you definitely want mm-hmm. the person who plays Hannibal Lecter to look like he'd actually be a great, um, like in a nail salon, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he would do your hands and toes real pretty, but definitely not eat you <laughs> yeah exactly uh so the quote continues as such uh whoa i probably lost my place uh okay yeah so the quote the quote goes as such um continues we were we were dealing with a very american network that wanted a very american actor to sell american audience and all the creatives on the show wanted somebody who was best per the best person for the role um my i personally think matt mickelson is was a excellent choice mm-hmm. i mean other than uh anthony hopkins who won an oscar for like being in that movie for like 10 minutes <laughs> mad mickelson is like a close 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 first because mm-hmm. yeah that's i think that's i think that's what really sells the hannibal Lecter character is that you think he probably does eat people but he's so fucking charming yeah or Alino, like he's making the food. But oh, like, God, those scenes where they make the food. But for like a little while, they just play with the idea and then they really kind of get into it. Yeah, and I thought that was really great. I mean, because he, granted the show was called Hannibal, it also, it more closely followed, um, uh, what's, it, what's the character's name? The one that was Hugh Dancy's character? Hugh Dancy's character. Uh, I, I'm, I'm brain farting quite crazy this Me episode. Too. Um uh, yeah, they had to carry the show, and I think John Cusack wouldn't wouldn't have matched would have matched the chemistry with uh, with a uh, no because he'd Dancy. be too much like him. Yeah, exactly. Like if you would put him in any role, it would be with Hugh Dancy's mm-hmm. role, not like even though I liked Hugh Dancy, he was perfect too. Mm-hmm. But he was he's definitely not Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, uh, Will Graham. His name is Will, Will Graham. Graham. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but as Kelsey had pointed out, uh, Matt Mickelson was not even. The third choice, uh, I guess they tried Hugh Grant. Um, Brian Fuller continues and he says, it was interesting dance because I say Matt Mickelson and they say, no, how about Hugh Grant? And I said, great, make an offer. He's going to say no. Then they make an offer and he said no. And I'd be like, what about Matt Mickelson? And they'd be like, well, what about John Cusack? And I said, great, make an offer. He'll say no. And he said no. And what about Matt Mickelson? <laughs> um, yeah, this this was this is a stupid. I mean, it 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 shows how much it shows how much network and marketing they just want. They don't they don't care about creativity. No, they, it's really interesting because they don't care about creativity, but they deal in creativity. Yeah, but they sometimes do it in the most unoriginal ways. Yeah, because they they want to fit like a certain market. Like, well, this worked before. Let's let's catch lightning in the bottle again. Mm-hmm. And even though the ratings weren't phenomenal for Hannibal, people have been like pining for a fourth season mm-hmm. or at least like a an ender because that that 
see that series finale for season three was really good and they were just getting into um no they weren't getting into but they were getting to like the red dragon and i heard supposedly like the fourth season was going to cover uh clary starling mm-hmm. uh jodie foster's character yeah and that would have been like yo fucking will graham clary starling and fucking hannibal like the same room yeah i'm totally for that <laughs> I would love it if they went on for like a couple more seasons. The show was great. It was, and I remember, I mean, this, I'm at fault of this. I remember I watched the entire series and I was like, yo, you gotta watch the whole series. I'll sit down and watch it with you. And we watched like a few episodes and then you're like, let's watch some more. Like, yeah, I'll get to it. And you're like, fuck you, Mark. I'll just finish it myself. Three years later. Just to clarify, yeah. I waited three years for you to watch it with me before I was like, fuck it. But you still liked it, right? Yes, I did. No lie, kind of want to rewatch it. <laughs> I would rewatch it with you. You know what? I actually might rewatch Fringe, that sci-fi show. I never watched that. I think I might rewatch it because I was thinking about actually writing how uh, Fringe kind of like opened the door to like my father issues and stuff like that because it's a really touching show. That would be good. Yeah, you should definitely do Hannibal first though, since you've been wanting to do that since 2016. I know. I have, for the folks who are listening, I have this really great theory that Hannibal is one of the greatest love stories ever to come on television. Oh, yeah. It's... it's like like um, like parents. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Like you, you were saying, yeah. Yeah. It's it's like that. There's like a lot of like like uh, love between the two characters. It's like a custody battle, too. Yeah. Or? It's like a straight up custody battle. Like in certain... Se- oh, it's... Oh, I think I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> I think, you know what, you're right. I'll probably end up rewatching it. But yeah. I go back to the first episode again. And then stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop the third episode. I think I might because, like, I'm, I've been trying to find something again to, like, get, get into. Mm-hmm. I know there's, like, a ton of shows I could, like, really get into. But. You know, uh, you could finish a couple that you started. Like what? Don't say This Is Us. Euphoria. Oh, you're right. I got to finish you. I'm on like two That's episodes That's another away. one that you're like, yeah, this is our show. <laughs> and then you're like, I shouldn't have to watch it with you. I know. That, I know. And then what? you're like, no, 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 I'll watch it with you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. No, you watch it on your own. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll work on it tonight. Mm. I will. I'll work on it tonight. There is one show you and I are going to start watching together, and it, and it premieres um, next Sunday. Lovecraft Nation. Oh, sorry. Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. I cannot wait Oh, cannot oh, wait that's just gonna be so dope yeah anyway all right so yeah so yeah that was a story that apparently john cusack or hugh grant could have played had of elector it would have been a stupid move show would have been canceled in the first season mm-hmm. the end <laughs> the end what's the next story okay so hold on i gotta open up my phone for this so i can why gotta open up your phone because you know you sent me something earlier that i can look back on also oh okay i gotcha 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 <sighs> um so Issa Rae and Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw, mm-hmm. a universal team for female identity genre movie, is called Sinkhole. Mm-hmm. Um, and the studio wins the story rights in a seven-figure deal. And I actually really like this story. It's, mm-hmm. like, really simple. Okay. Um, it's based off of a short story, correct? It's based off a short story. Mm-hmm. Um, Universal Pictures, um, Insecure, Star, obviously, Issa Rae, um, and Jordan Peele, um, they're making a really thought-provoking genre movie, mm-hmm. um, and it, it engages with questions of female perfection and identity. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little bit deeper than that. 
like how I read the short story was more than just about female like imperfections or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like, well, it's almost like the the death of like. I feel like I'm not gonna explain this right. Okay, well, okay. explain it in, the, in its most simplest form. Okay, the story is about a couple or like the family mm. looking for a house. They find the perfect house, mm. um, and they can actually afford it. They wouldn't be able to afford it if it didn't have a huge sinkhole in the backyard. Mm. Well, they they talk about it. They decide let's let's get it. Okay, well, so, without spoiling. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the sinkhole has like some magical mm. capabilities. Okay. Um, and in the sinkhole, like I almost feel like the sinkhole is an allegory for different things. Like, uh. you know, like it's talking about female imperfection, different things because, okay. um, I, like it's hard because I can't spoil it, but um, because of how they explained the sinkhole and how how deep and all consuming it it seemed when you looked into it, mm-hmm. um, and the nature of the qualities of what it can do, yeah, um, it, it's like I don't know. It's just struck me in the right spot that certain stories do. Okay. Um, like it actually meant something. It wasn't just a happy, like, like a good story or whatever. It was actually something that meant something to Mm. people. Like this will mean something to people. Really? Okay. All right. It's simple about a sinkhole in the backyard of someone's house, but this story is going to mean something to somebody. Okay. I think, hmm, I think think I'm going to try to find that, that short story. That looks really interesting. Yeah. Or give it a give it a read. You should. After after I finish my reanimator short story that I got like last week and I haven't finished it. <laughs> 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 what what once again? This will again, take you like three minutes to read. Oh okay yeah because the reanimator one's kind of thick, but it's, it's, you know it's a pile on top of a pile of stuff that I have not finished. <laughs> yeah, Ghost of Shima is more important. Oh, that game is so. T- <sighs> I have been losing sleep because of that game. <laughs> yeah, It's a good game. I'm playing it for like, no lie. I'm like thinking, I'll play like 30, maybe 40 minutes. Mm. Three hours later. Okay, just another 30 minutes. I should be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so this this film, uh, Sinkhole, um, what's it? It's, it's, it's a potential star vehicle for uh, Issa Rae, correct? Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like how Issa Rae is really coming up. I like her because she hasn't been in the forefront mm-hmm. of Hollywood as an actress for mm-hmm. as long as other people have. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like she's still up and coming, even though she's been in all these indie things. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's already getting into like like star roles and stuff like that. No, she's like already getting into um like producing and different things like that. It's really amazing because Issa Rae started she started on YouTube. Mm-hmm. She did that video uh like I think it was called like Story of an Awkward Black Girl or something like that mm-hmm. or Tales of Awkward Black or something like that that ended up turning into Insecure. Mm-hmm. And then she was in 
she was in several movies and she's in that movie the photograph that you and i both really enjoyed yeah um and, and then a, even that that comedy with uh camille nanjani oh yeah uh the lovebirds or something like yeah. that right yeah so you like even that um plus she's teaming up with jordan pill and jordan pill is fucking fire right now he is and that's right up his alley yeah i, I really like oh, man i would love to like he's gonna put the mystery in it and she's gonna put the the soul in it yeah um even though he puts his own kind of soul in it but it's like a dark soul yeah like jordan pill he's he's one of those directors slash producer slash writers that like um he'll give a director an opportunity for like his monkey paw productions mm. and just be like you direct you have your vision here's this, like a little idea but you make your thing like the fact that um that Candyman movie mm-hmm. people i st- cannot wait for that yeah people people kept assuming it was going to be uh jordan peele that was going to direct it um well not that jordan peele was going to direct it but like whenever somebody talked about it they were like oh yeah the, the jordan peele film um Candyman. and he came out he was like no nah, nia DaCosta is directing that movie like i'm just producing it like straight up and people kept trying to and nia, nia DaCosta, this is like her first i think her first big budget film mm-hmm. but he's all about like putting her up front because he's like, this is her vision. I'm just producing it and just giving her little ideas. Stuff like that. Yeah. I, I could kind of see why people are doing that, though. Because how many things has he directed? Jordan Bill? Mm-hmm. Two films. Two films. And mm-hmm. then the um, Twilight Zone uh, reboot or yeah, remake he's a, or whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he's directing any of the episodes. I've only seen like a couple. But, mm. I mean, that was his idea. But anything he's directed, those two movies were great. So mm. I could see why people are like, oh, this is his type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So he would direct that. And then, no, it's not him. And then mm. it's like, oh, shit, well. Yeah, that's so cool. Like how, because we don't have a whole lot of black directors who are doing like genre, bend, genre building, bending or genre films. Mm-hmm. Like normally like uh, black directors are... I don't want to say they're rele- relegated, but they fall into the drama, the comedy, or the action department. Mm-hmm. Rarely they go, they go into sci-fi, or even more rarely they go into horror. Right. And Jordan Peele's like, no, my production group, we're just do, we're doing anything that we want, like straight up. So I think that works out great. Yeah. <laughs> so that noise is Mark's spring cat. Yeah, because cat's like, I'm about to fuck this shit up. <laughs> I cannot wait for that. And honestly, I can't wait for you to read that short story so we could geek out over it. Because honestly, I'm like really excited. I'll check it out tonight, you know, before I watch Euphoria. (laughs) 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 I got to finish Euphoria. Got to finish Euphoria. You know what? I just, okay. One of the reasons why I have not finished Euphoria is that some of it makes me so fucking nervous. Especially because of that, that, the, the, the villain of the show, Mm -hmm. that, that jock piece of shit guy yeah it just it makes me so nervous and i just don't want anything to happen to uh to zendaya or or uh the um what's that female actress the transgender um uh, her name is hunter in real yeah, life yeah like i just i'm just like so nervous i'm just like oh please don't let anything bad happen to him yeah so. i know i i feel that way too but mm. i love that that series mm. I just like I like emotionally connected with it on every single level, as you should be. Yeah. Plus, you know the visual storytelling, of course. Oh yeah, the visual stuff is so dope. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Okay. Enough uh, tangents here. 
Um, we're going to get into our first geriatric cinematic reanimator. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the 6 to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. But lately, they're getting out of hands. And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being administered. Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. The synopsis is, after an odd new medical student arrives on campus, a dedicated local and his girlfriend become involved in bizarre experiments centering around the reanimation of dead tissue. Excuse me. Directed by Stuart Gordon, who did Robot Jocks, Fortress, and Stuck. Written by original story Herbert West Reanimator by H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, the screenplay was done by Stuart Gordon and Dennis Paoli and William Norris. Uh, it stars Jeffrey Combs, Bruce Abbott, Barbara Crampton, David Gale, and Robert Sampson. Before we, before we get into this review, you want to tell? Do you want to tell why we decided to do this instead of uh, the Gone in sixty seconds like we had promised last week? Yes. Okay. And it was my idea. <laughs> go, go, yes, sir. Go, go. Okay, so on Thursday, this past Thursday, mm -hmm. we went to a drive-in movie theater, um, and they had the Beyond Fest there, and we got tickets mm -hmm. to go see the double feature of Reanimator and Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Um, so I we watched Reanimator, and I was like so excited because I actually really loved it. Mm -hmm. And you were like, "Do you actually like this movie?" <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, I, no, I said, this movie isn't bad. Uh, it, it's not good, bad. Yeah. And you're like, it's not? Like, you were I, all I disappointed. Was never, I was like, oh, don't say it's bad, bad, please. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's just good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's when I realized that we should do that movie for, for the um, podcast. Mm. And then we watched Pet Cemetery. And that movie surprised the hell out of me, too. Oh, did it really? It did. Okay. Um, so, like, and, and I, I'm really excited because these two movies do not really sound like they would go together, but they kind of do. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because of the cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, as the... Hence the title. Yeah, there's the title, What's New Pussy Cat? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I remember, cause, yeah, cause, um, at the Mission Tiki driving theater, the local driving theater out here, um, they've been having, uh, these specials, uh, special events and one is the Beyond Fest and Kelsey and I has, uh, have attended the Beyond Fest, what, two years prior, right? Mm -hmm. So this is our third year of the Beyond Fest and the Beyond Fest, they do like genre films and every time, no lie, every time Kelsey and I go, we have a fucking ball. It is like film festival for film fans mm -hmm. and they don't give a fuck if you're loud and rowdy. It's just like. Go ahead, just go crazy and shit. Yeah, and, and they always have these great um, 
like little introductions to the Beyond Fest. Oh, I love those introductions. It sucks because this year's not like that great. Mm. Maybe they didn't have enough time oh, to the introduction or something. Yeah. They usually do something really fucking wacky. Yeah, yeah. They had to move quickly because of the Rona pretty much nixed all the Beyond Fest plans and everything like yeah. that. But yeah, they, they, they do like these great pairings. Like not last week, but the week before we went to go see uh, Big Trouble in Little China and Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. And this week we saw Reanimator and Beyond Fest. And I'm so happy that Kelsey just Reanimator like, and Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Reanimator <laughs> and Pet Cemetery. But I'm, I'm actually so happy that Kelsey's like, oh, I like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, and personally, me, love Beyond. I love, I'm about to say it again. I love Reanimator. I absolutely love the Reanimator. And it's so ridiculous. And it's so gory. And it's just such a goddamn movie great movie to watch i think about plus every time we watch a movie you're always like titties <laughs> you have to point it out every time titties titties uh but the most opinion the most important opinion of them all is what did kelsey think about reanimator <sighs> i love this movie <laughs> okay it holds up oh already just like yeah it holds up Yes, already. Okay. <laughs> like, right out the gate. Uh, it has, you know, the whole love story thing that's like the teenage, like, high school, uh, not high school, um, college. college yeah. um, but they put that weird spin on it. Like, it's almost like like Frankenstein's uh, creator. No, Frankenstein. Dr. Frankenstein. Dr. Yeah. Frankenstein in the yeah. beginning. And so it puts that weird mystery, like it's almost medieval. Yeah. Um, but it's modern. Yeah, and your phone went off or something. Oh, I think my my computer was on. Oh, okay. Because my phone's connected to my computer. Oh, okay. So it'll still give me a notification. <laughs> uh, yeah, to, to, to go off of your Frankenstein comparison, even like the beginning, um, when Jeffrey Combs' character, Herbert West, you know, like the... The line he says before the cre- the be- open credits go is, uh, he says something like, "No, I gave him life," and that's very that's a very Doctor Frankenstein like, uh, what did he say in, in Frankenstein? Uh, by that, no, he said by the power of God. He says, "He says my God, I." He says, "My God, my God." No, no, he says something, something. I know, no. Oh, I can't believe I can't believe I fucking forgot the line. It says a great line. Um, <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. Uh, something like the power of being a god. Now I know what it feels like to be a god. Mm-hmm. And that's a and that's that. I mean, it doesn't sound similar to what uh, Herbert West says, but it's in those exact words. But like the feel of it, it's just like yeah. boom! I cr- I've created life. Exactly. And that's a very strong like god complex. Exactly. Mm. Um. So. I really like how he's introduced to um, the world of Kane. Yeah, he's in Dan Dan Kane's life. Yeah, yeah, because he like comes out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and Dan Kane is like the golden boy. Even yeah. he's not an asshole by any means, but he's definitely like teacher's pet. Mm. You know, he's and, dating like the dean's daughter and everything. He's probably like a straight A student. All yeah, that kind of exactly. Shit. And he's a fucking weirdo, and he comes in, and he's uh. like. You professors have no fucking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And, and Bill, builds up that attention with uh, Dr. Carl Hill. Yeah. He has no idea. Like, he's not, he doesn't fit in by any means. Mm. And 
then he, of course, rents the room with Kane. Mm. And that's when... (laughs) Mm. Wait, I have to backtrack. Okay. The first time you see Dan Kane and his girlfriend, (laughs) Megan Halsey. Uh, You know. In the throes of of passionate lovemaking. Uh Uh-huh. And there's someone else in the room throwing the cat on them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not like, there's, let me, we're, we're, we're over-exaggerating, but yeah, there's like. You could tell there's someone off screen yeah, throwing a cat the, on cat, them. Yeah, because the cat, because I guess their cat, uh, what was their cat? I keep wanting to say Churchill, but that was the cat from Pet Cemetery. Um, the cat kept like jumping on them and stuff like that. But you can tell someone was like, like just check the cat. Yeah. There you go. Check the cat and everything. And that, of course, that cat. Comes back and starts jumping all over the place later. <laughs> um, so I really like his energy. I think made made the whole story. Jeffrey Combs' energy. Jeffrey Combs' energy made mm. the whole story. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I totally enjoyed David Gale's um, performance. Oh, Doctor Carl. Yeah, he could have been like anybody. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. He was, I don't think his, he, like, his character was special at all. Mm-hmm. It was weird because, um, like, I, and I love this movie, and I'm not complaining, but I don't mind that they didn't explain how he has um, the ability to, like, mesmerize people. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind that, mm-hmm. but they also didn't really do anything special with it. Yeah, well, like the only thing they kind of did, they they did it as a setup for when he would control the zombies later in the in, at, near the end of the movie. But yeah, they didn't really set that up that well. Well, yeah, they didn't set it up that well, and if that's what they were getting at, they yeah. didn't really sell it either. Yeah, that that is true. That is one of like the one few very few minor downfalls. And I think I think I remember reading that there is actually a deleted scene that explains the fact that he can. Uh, control minds Mm -hmm. but for some reason they like they dropped it i think they dropped it for like pacing purpose or something like that maybe um and then i even love all of the little inconsistencies in the story Mm -hmm. like how the fact that uh dr hill like he he gets his head chopped off by Mm -hmm. um herbert west Mm -hmm. and you know, he picks his own head up uh-huh. and like puts it in a tray of blood. Oh yeah, and like so a- that he could, I don't know, get oxygen or whatever. Uh, Even though there's no heart pumping it or anything, he's yeah. just sitting in a bunch of blood. Like yeah, it would have like dried up and deteriorated like ASAP. Quickly, yeah. yeah. Um, like that shouldn't have been a thing. The, the thing that, another thing that, that doesn't really make any sense is like you can understand that like his mind control powers would control the other like dead bodies because their head is still connected to their body but how the fuck is he controlling his body yeah like did he have like a receiver in there or something or like he that? had another brain in his butt <laughs> yeah <laughs> well apparently his brain was in his balls and shit because he was trying no, to that's get... why his balls were throbbing remember we talked about that oh that's <laughs> jesus <laughs> um yeah and um uh well, i was gonna add to it Oh, about, yeah, the Dr. Carl thing. It's kind of funny because, like, yeah, um, David Gale doesn't really add anything. Like, performance-wise, he doesn't add a whole lot to it. But he has that look. He has that creepy 80s-style, like, horror look. Like, he could be a pedo. 
And he kind of yeah. was. One. Oh yeah, well he was trying to get with uh trying to get with Megan Hazley. Halsey. Sorry, Halsey. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but I, I'm trying to think. Like, I wonder who they could have got. I imagine if they got Christopher Lee to do that fucking guy who plays Sauron from Lord of the Rings. That would be kind of funny. Oh, you're just like, yeah, I don't know. Who that yeah, is. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So, what did you think? Uh, um, Okay, so you you really like Jeffrey Combs' uh, energy, his performance in the in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. What did you think about uh, Bruce Abbott? Bruce Abbott, I think he was great in his role, but I really think that he also could have. I don't want to say he could have been anybody because I'm sure they could have chosen people who were worse or like less than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think that he was meant to be as um outgoing or as uh, a strong a presence as Jeffrey mm-hmm. Combs. So um I guess for his character he was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I Like think- I don't know if you know what I'm saying. Like he his his performance per se, like his character isn't really the main focus of the film yeah so it's kind of hard because you don't want him to overshadow anybody but then you can't say that his was a great performance because Mm -hmm. he wasn't the focus anyway yeah i think it would have been um like if they got anybody else to truly go all out it would have like really been odd because it would have been too much kind of like because Herbert West was like a wacky character. It would have been too chaotic. Yeah, it would have been too chaotic. Like, they needed a straight man. And and Bruce Abbott was a great straight man. Um, I think he even fits the role as Dane King better. At, I mean, very well. Because in the short story, his character, like the 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 short story by H.P. Lovecraft, it's told from the perspective of the, per, of the narrator. They never say his name, but they just say narrator. And he just wants to tell the story of Herbert West, which was essentially what Dan, Dan Kane's story was. It was to tell the story of Herbert West. Right. So they didn't want to, like, pull that, like, let's have, like, some crazy guy to, like, so they can bounce off each other. It's like, no, no, let's have Herbert, let's have Jeffrey Combs just chew the fuck up out of every scene. <laughs> My favorite scene? What scene? The one where he's in the lecture hall. Okay. And uh, the pencil. Doctor Hill <laughs> is giving a lecture about uh-huh. brain death, and and it takes six to twelve minutes before yeah. the brain dies, and Herbert West keeps interrupting him by breaking a pencil. Yeah. And then at the end, like, I love it because it was so sarcastic. Like, Uh it's like one of those things that people don't fucking write that anymore. Uh And if they do, it's in an indie film that you can't find. Yeah. And if they try to do it in a mainstream film, it's like they want to make the character... Macho. Yeah, or, or jump out and stuff. But, like, him breaking the pencil, it's like a silent, like, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, when everyone's being dismissed, uh, mm. Dr. Hill's like, maybe you should bring a pen next time. <laughs> That's some great writing, right? <laughs> that is some great. Ooh, that is some great writing. I kind of wish I was a teacher just to say that. Like, just bring a pen next time. You yeah. fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because the way that was written, too, it did add some kind of weird tension. Mm-hmm. Like like suspense even though nothing was going to happen it was already like elevating your anxiety like mm-hmm. like why is he doing that like what's going to happen and like kind of nothing happens but mm-hmm. he got in his head and he got in our head too yeah so i think that's what it did what it was meant to do yeah um what did you think about what do you think about the level of gore 
It was perfect. It was perfect, was yeah. it? Yeah. I, like, like it's really gory. It wasn't grotesque, right? Like, mm. I think there's a difference. Like, Hills Have Eyes is grotesque. Yeah. But gory, like, I'm not going to have any nightmares over it. It mm. was just fun and bloody. What, the uh, uh, reanimator? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, the only part that's actually, like, really grotesque is the scene where... Um, where uh, Herbert West shoots uh, Dr. Carl, I mean, Do- Dr. Hill, with all that reagent, like, overdoses him, mm-hmm. and how his body kind of, like, mutates and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. But even, like, that level of, like, mutation, that's just, like, blah, like, all, it, they don't, like, focus on focus on, on it too much. They kind of, like, have, like, mist and gas going through the room. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, like, leaves, like, a level of imagination. Yeah. Um, well, I'm saying, too, that it's not like they were trying to... Or maybe they were at the time. Mm. But I'm saying, like, it's not, like, overly... It's gory and everything, but it's not to the point where you don't want to watch it or it makes you sick. Yeah, there's never a time... I mean, even when like I... Like, certain movies with, like, their rape scenes and stuff, you Oh, know? yeah. Like, like it, it didn't make eyes. me... Yeah, it didn't make me uncomfortable like that. Uh-huh. Even though probably at the time it would have if I had watched it when I was, like, little. Yeah, even, like, when I watched... Um, even when I watched Reanimator as a kid, I was never just, like... Oh my god, it's so gross! Blah. I was just like, <laughs> so cool. uh, even like that part where um, where uh, Herbert and Dan go to the uh, go to the morgue to like test out his theory, mm-hmm. and they shoot that body up with all the reagent, and how I, I I thought it was so cool how the reagent was going through the corpse's body, and you can see like the veins like pulsating and stuff like that, yeah. and how like like how the dude just turning like this wild crazy animal just like destroying shit, yeah, and um. Like it wasn't, it it was bloody when it needed to be bloody. They didn't want it to like take away from the story or even like the ridiculous nature of the film. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed how um, Dan Kane got kind of sucked into mm-hmm. Herbert West's like experiments and everything. It's almost yeah. like he chose him because he knew he was the smartest kid in the school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how he kind of got sucked in because that whole thing went wrong. And then the dean ended up getting killed. Killed, yeah. And then he ended up getting the reagent, mm. and um, and he looked wrong, like mm. he was he was kind of like grotesque, but not like like I wouldn't have wanted to be in the room with him for real. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cause but he was, he was being straight- in the audience, I was fine. But <laughs> yeah, like he looked kind of like like a humpback or something you know like how he was like all yeah I w- you know i would go and say that it's it's actually like a this film has like a like obviously the film has somewhat of like a frankenstein's monster or the film frankenstein mm-hmm. but i would say like the part with the dean um that kind of reminds me of dr jekyll and, and mr high mm-hmm. because you know when he's the dean he's the nicest guy in the world right but like when he gets shot up with the reagent He's, he's like a fucking madman and shit like that. Yeah. And it's his... It, but he's not real, like... Like cognizant and shit like that. Yeah. I don't know if that was on purpose, though. I think... Maybe because I'm just reading in it too much or something like that. Um, No, it was on purpose. Because they couldn't get the reagent to work in a way that would be beneficial to people. Mm. Um, yet. They, had, they didn't know enough about it. Mm. So... It was just fucking everybody up, and they were trying to see if maybe they got the body fresher. 
mm-hmm. like he was, that maybe it would be okay. And uh. he had more ability to recognize people and to communicate, but he was mm-hmm. still really wrong. Yeah. Um, and then the lobotomy kind of helped. Oh, yeah, that's But also kind of not. Yeah, and, and how, um, like, we get, like, levels of what the reagent can do. Like when we got when we when we first got introduced to the reagent, well, we don't know always the reagent, but we have an idea that it is. Um, at the very beginning, before the credits roll, where um, Herbert is is uh, is attending to like a doctor that's dead, but like when the body when the doctor's body like rises up, his like whole body just like explodes. And his eyes melt. And yeah, all. yeah, yeah. And then we get like the cat. We get the, <laughs> we get the return of the cat. Just <laughs> you gotta tell the, you gotta tell them. Mm. Um, you said something about your mom. About my mom and cats. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> you tell me what she used to do when she was a kid. No, about the reanimator. What do you mean? I thought you said you were gonna. T- you told her you're gonna watch it. And oh no, was- no 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 not that. Uh, no, it was a story about reanimator. No, it wasn't. It involved my mom. It was some. It was okay. Wait, did I say something about my mom in the reanimator? Yeah, and the first thing she said is, "Is that that movie with that cat?" Oh no, that's Pet Cemetery. Oh, that's Pet Cemetery. Oh, but I, I but I do have a story about I do have a story about reanimator. Um, so I was uh I was at a friend's house uh uh earlier today, and um it was her and her her two sons, and one of her sons is really into horror films, like really into horror films, right? But he doesn't know the classics, like he just. He likes the current stuff, right? But he's not familiar with this type of stuff. So I told her about the movie. She's never seen it. I told her, and she was like, oh, my son likes it. Maybe you should tell him about it. Okay, yeah, definitely. So then so then I'm, I'm like, hey, have you ever heard of Reanimator? He's like, no, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's a movie about a guy. He's a doctor, and he brings people back to life with like this like neon juice kind of formula. And it's, it's really gory, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, <laughs> the, fr- the friend goes, um, Oh, does uh wait? Is it like, I don't know? Is it like a severed head eating somebody out? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like her son gives him this look and goes, yeah, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> really? Yeah, and I'm just like, why not? <laughs> don't you like horror films? <laughs> um, but uh, I told that story because I found out that. The react that that's there's a scene. It's one of the like a legendary horror scene where if you guys haven't seen it, where Doctor Carl, who now has his head severed, I'm oh, sorry, Doctor Hill has his head severed, but he still has the hots for the, the dean's daughter. It's like, like his body picks up his head. And he's like, I've always loved you, and it's like so, <laughs> and like he takes his head, he he takes his head and like puts it down. Is like about to like eat her out and shit and thankfully herbert west is like gross <laughs> and like jumps in and shit like that but i remember like I, I remember that scene came out and uh i had told you about it and i was like i want to see, see what she's gonna think about it so you're just like yeah <laughs> you're like all about it it was fun um so yeah all in all i really enjoyed this movie mm. um can't wait to show it to my kids yeah, absolutely. You know what? You show it to your kids. Well, I can't wait to. Mm. I'm not saying I'm going to do it right now. Yeah, you, know? you, don't, you definitely don't want to do that right now. Um, <laughs> I yeah. was kidding. Oh, okay. Like you're, 
totally not focused. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I wouldn't mind showing Leia this, but I think when she's like 18 or 19. I would show it to my kids probably when they're like 16. Ooh, yeah, I'd probably do the same thing. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. So, yeah, um, you still think that Reanimator holds up, right? I mean, well, it's your first time, but you think it holds up to today? I love this movie. You love it. I, I still it love it. It holds up. It is great. It is original. Uh-huh. Like, even though it came from a book, I'm saying the idea uh-huh. is original. The craftsmanship of it is great. The chemistry between all the actors is great. Jesus, you love this movie. I love this movie. <laughs> I want to do something like i don't know a convention like a comic-con or like halloween we've met like we've been talking like we've been friends for five years Uh and we've never done halloween right yeah we've never done like match costumes and stuff like like we wanted to yeah um and i would love to do something along those lines with you you know what I would want you to if we if we ever did do something like that, I would want you to be Herbert West and let me be let me be Dan. <laughs> or or if we can work something out, I would I would be I would be Dr. Hill. Dr. Hill? Dr. Hill, yeah. I think you could pull off a Dr. Hill. Yeah. Just give you that weird stare like she doesn't No, you know. but you have to look old man starey, not manically starey. Oh, okay. Just <laughs> it's always with a little staring. more hate in your eyes. <laughs> No, <laughs> <laughs> that's the well, We need to practice. Okay? <laughs> yeah, we need to practice. We need to practice. <laughs> um, yeah. So there is uh, obviously there. I mean, obviously, but as history has shown, there's a beyond beyond. No, I'm sorry. There's Bride of Reanimator, um, which is on. I think it's on Prime. I was actually thinking about watching it um, like last week on my own, but I, I stopped. I was like, no, let me watch this with Kelsey because I think Kelsey would totally want to get into it mm-hmm. with the, with the uh, Bride of Reanimator. And then there's like Beyond Reanimator and I saw the trailer trailer of it and it looks a bit like, it's it's a straight up like 2000 film. So like there's a lot of special effects and it looks kind of kooky and shit like that. But I, I know, it's kind of weird because I feel like Beyond kind of like lost like, some of its feel. Yeah, lost some of its feel. Mm. But um, yeah, we got to watch Bride of Reanimator. We're gonna watch sometime probably this week. Mm-hmm. Should probably do it this week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, if I mean beyond, I mean Reanimator, still great film, still holds up. I still love it. Kelsey still loves it. If you if y'all haven't well, seen Kelsey it, Kelsey newly loves it. Kelsey newly loves it. Um, <laughs> if y'all haven't seen it, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. No. Why did you listen to this segment? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. There's like no spoiler, but I'm like, come on, this movie came out like in. 85 or something yeah, like that before i was born <laughs> it was 85 yeah yeah i was like yes a year after i was born yay <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah that's gonna be it for our uh our geriatric cinematic part one <laughs> yes and now we're gonna move on to variety time go on <laughs> i was dancing <laughs> <laughs> okay uh it is called this is where theaters go to die yes i added the is in there for you oh oh okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay all right all right so yeah there was a story that came out that universal and amc had worked out a deal it's a historic deal where the Theoretic, theoretic, uh, 
theoretical? Not theoretical. Theatrical. Oh. Release. <laughs> yeah. <The> theatrical <laughs> release film debuts on premium VOD is now early. Um, I remember I remember to- talking about this. You just you didn't know about this, but um, uh, when a movie's released, normally you don't. It's like it will be released on uh, VOD or Blu-ray like th- three months after it's been released. Or it so. used to take a lot longer. I oh, think it yeah, used to be back, like six to nine months or something yeah, like that. Yeah, back in the day before like DVD, you would if you didn't see a movie in theaters, you would not see it for maybe a year or two until it popped on VHS. And if you're lucky to find it somewhere, mm-hmm. especially if it's like something like, let's say reanimator or some shit like that. You're just like, I want to see it on VHS. Well, good luck with that buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens at universal pictures, and AMC had worked out this deal. Cause there was like this bitter, bitter feud that happened between universal and AMC when, uh, universal had released trolls on, um, VOD. Yeah. Released trolls on VOD. And, Wait, was that was that Universal? I feel like that was Sony. I don't know. Let's go look it up. Um, and so what happened was that uh, Trolls World Tour was a da, da, da. oh yeah, it was Universal Pictures. Okay, uh, yeah. So Trolls World Tour was supposed to come out in theaters, and it got released VOD, and it made like I think like a hundred million dollars. Like, yeah. You know, on VOD. And this pissed off AMC because Universal was like, we're just going to go ahead and just start doing this now. Because a lot of theaters are closed up and everything. And AMC's like, yo, you're taking the money away from our theaters. Um, so they worked out a deal where now, depending on what movies Universal wants, um, they can release it on VOD in like three weeks time. Which I don't understand. I, like, ha- like, I understand it's a historical deal. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's historical, like, in the good ways. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. Because um, Kelsey and my, myself, we like going to the theaters. We, it's, even if it's, like, an independent film, we really want to see it, we'll go see it. Um, if it's, like, a box office film, let's say, let's say Fast 9, right? We want to go see it. Because that's a straight theater movie. Tenet, straight theater movie. Mm-hmm. But if this becomes, like, a regular thing, people... There are a lot of people who aren't like this. They'll just wait for it to come mm-hmm. on, on for VOD, especially because, like, you know, going to see a movie with, like, your kids, you might be spending over $100 just to go watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, how this deal works out is that um, the movies that we release by Universal, they're about 20 bucks a pop. Um, it says it cannot sell or rent them uh, on-demand fees that are lower uh, in the 3 to $6 range until three months after they debut debut in the s- cinema. So people might just be like, yeah, I'll just wait until it's on VOD and just not even bother with the, with the theater. Yeah, and that's the thing that I don't understand why AMC would agree to that. Yeah, I know. Because they're not really making any money in those first... Like, you get some money in the first three weeks, but mm-hmm. like... Uh, I don't know. I feel like Universal's making out like a bandit on this one. Yeah. But also they're going to be losing money too, I think, because I think they're still under the impression that streaming is going to make them a shit ton of money. Mm -hmm. And maybe it will as we're still kind of in the throes of the pandemic. But as people start getting more confidence and the economy picks back up, Mm they're going to start going back to movie theaters again. Yeah, absolutely. And this, what's this, how is this to stop pirating 
like really picking up. I know we kind of talked about it last week with Tenet. Yo, this is going to go buck wild. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> um, because you have an issue with piracy as of now, because people, they don't care how the movie looks just as long as they see it, even if it's like a shitty camera shot. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, uh, a guy's head was in the corner, but I, I still saw the movie. It was still good. Right. You know? Um, and this is this is going to bring piracy up, like, ex, uh, exponentially? Exponentially. So. Exponentially. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's That's like radioactive. Yeah, the radioactive. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just going to go crazy. And yeah, it's so weird how AMC agreed to this. And there's even, um, if I can, where is it? I believe... Someone had cool. Uh, someone at, at Universal had said that, um, that like other other theaters are gonna not other th- other studios are gonna be like wanting to do this too, like Disney mm. or like Sony or whatever. First of all, Disney ain't releasing shit streaming, yeah, at all. Exactly. Well, they have their own streaming service. They have their own streaming service, but they don't want to release any. Like, if they know it's not gonna make money, they'll release like that movie, that Artemis Fowl movie mm-hmm. that nobody saw. Yeah. That's like straight up, but you're not you're not gonna see like you'll never see Black Widow streaming mm-hmm. ever. I just I feel like if you're gonna make the money when a movie comes out, I can understand that I think the money will be made in the first three weeks. Mm-hmm. But if you can wait three weeks for a movie to come out out of theaters and be cheaper for twenty dollars on demand mm-hmm. you're gonna wait those three months for it to be three to six dollars on any other service yeah and um this uh, and going to theater is a very uh what's it called a communicable experience you know like a, a horror movie or an action movie right people these days now they have projectors they have a house big enough or they find a wall wide enough to do to watch something and then I don't know bring their friends over. They did that. Um, someone did that recently. Oh, like really? they were talking about how someone did like a projector out on their garage, mm-hmm. on their garage door, and had like neighbors over and they could socially distance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they were just watching movies that way. Yeah, I um, a couple of buddies of mine. Uh, I had a buddy who out in uh, the town next over. Uh, he had a house, and that house was next to like a built, like a kind of a uh, like a mini mall, like a shopping area. Mm-hmm. And his backyard shared his backyard was next to a, a large enough wall where they would uh, ha- he would bring his projector out, and we would just watch movies. And they'd be like 10, 15 of us just hanging out, cracking jokes, drinking, and watching these movies. Mm-hmm. And if these movies are like let's say twenty bucks a pop, cool. Here's 20 bucks for that movie. I'm going to go and watch it, but I'm going to bring like 10 of my friends over. Yeah. And you just lost $200 right there. Exactly. From 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 that deal. Yep. Um so there was a quote by uh Donna Donna Lang- Langley? Langley? How do you say that? Langley, I feel like. I don't, I don't even know where you're reading from. Uh, oh, oh, I see. Uh Oh, yeah. Langley. Yeah. Donna Langley, uh, chairman of Universal Film Entertainment Group. Uh, She said, uh, the theatrical experience continues to be the cornerstone of our business. The partnership we forge with AMC is driven by our collective desire to ensure a thriving future for the film distribution ecosystem and meet consumer demand with flexibility and optionality. Um, So the way how how I've been reading how this deal works is that they have a movie, let's say, you know, Fast and Furious 9. Right. Um, 
they have the option to release it on VOD three weeks after or just wait for the whole 90 days. Um, but see, that goes that goes based off if this movie is even successful to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, because like some there are some movies that like it picks up after like people have been talking about it. Like, um, what was that one movie? That we, the last one we saw, the the people being hunted, the hunted, <laughs> or the hunt, or whatever, right? Yeah, the hunt, right? <laughs> it had a slow start, but it picked up because people were watching it, they were hearing about it. They're like, all right, let's finally watch this movie. Yeah, that was the case of movie just like slowly picking up, and you might be losing your money um, because you're just, you don't believe it within like the first I don't know. The first weekend, mm-hmm. it was like I, I don't want this anymore. Right. So I don't. I mean, I, three. Uh, for actually, it's it says th- it says I think it's supposed to say three weeks. I don't think it was that. I think it's like two days and like th- no, sorry, two weeks and three days. Mm. Like, come on, that's too much of a sh- give it like ninety, give it like thirty days, and let's see what's up. Yeah, but three weeks is way too much. I mean, it's way too little. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm annoyed. But whatever. <laughs> I'm not a business person, you know. I know. I know you just. I know you think this is stupid. I do, and I have a, like a really strong disdain for things that are stupid. Like not just stupid, but stupid. <laughs> stupid. Um. I don't. I don't really think this is gonna last that long. No, I don't think everyone's gonna jump on the bandwagon and they're gonna make their money, and then mm. Universal's gonna be like, "Oh shit." <laughs> right, and then exactly. they're gonna want to back out. Yeah, I mean, like, nothing's really getting released now. If, if it's of my opinion that like everything needs to not be released, and this push everything back till next year. Mm-hmm. Not like this whole tenant bullshit. Like, oh, it's coming out this day. No, it's not. Oh, it's coming out this day. Now we're no, gonna release not. it worldwide, except for the United States, and then we're gonna lose all our money. Yeah, exactly. Um, we see, yeah, trolls. Trolls did made about a hundred million dollars. Uh, what was another thing? Uh, Staten Island premiered on VOD, and because I remember Judge the episode, King of Staten yeah, Island, yeah, the King of Staten, the King of Staten Island. I remember that was supposed to get released. I remember uh, Palm Springs was supposed to get released in theaters. Um, let me see, Emma looks like Emma got released on vod and but there's nothing saying that it was even a successful film i heard it was critically acclaimed but like i didn't i don't hear anybody really talking about it yeah like oh you know regular people yeah um so i don't know i i i don't know this i think this is really stupid i I, that's that's why i gave the title like this is where theaters go to die like this is a horrible idea it's gonna it's gonna kick up uh you can see an uptick in piracy and you're gonna see people. You're gonna see studio. The studio losing a lot. I think you're gonna see studio losing a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, think so too. I think it's really stupid because it worked one time. Exactly. One time during yeah. an, an like anomalous time of everyone's lives, mm-hmm. you're gonna jump into the pan mm. and say this is gonna work for every other film. every other film. Yeah. You know, and we're going to make this deal. And it's it doesn't make any sense because you want people to go to the movie theater. Mm. Also, I think the the time frames that they're using, if everyone else jumped onto it, which I don't think they will, mm-hmm. um, it sort of quickens the pace mm-hmm. of how how quickly movies are consumed and... Mm. Um, you know, and their, um, their range of consumption, like how, like how many people are watching them. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that means you have to create faster so you don't create a void. Yeah. Then you kind of don't know what you're going to get because Netflix kind of did the same thing and then mm. some of it was real bad. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. they kind of put the kibosh on that. Yeah. Um, also, I it, one of the one of the one group that's really going to suffer from this is obviously the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, cause one, like, I think several things could happen if this deal goes, th- I mean, this deal has gone through, um, but if it keeps going or if other studios go, um, less people are going to want to go to the theater. So that means you're going to get more, you're going to get ticket prices rising up because th- certain theaters, they have to make up for the loss. Mm-hmm. Um, higher prices on concession stand and stuff like that. And eventually theaters are going to be like, well, you know, people aren't coming, so we're going to have to close down this theater. Mm-hmm. And then the theaters get fucked. Yep. And Universal's like, oh, cool, we're going to make more money because we can't show this, so we'll put on VLD. And then you just start killing the theater-grown experience. Exactly. <sighs> but I don't think everyone's going to jump on it, and I don't think, yeah, I don't think so it, everything revolves around Universal. Yeah. They're always hit or miss anyway, just like Warner Brothers, so. Yeah, that's true. That's um, absolutely true. Like, I honestly, I think... As long as we have people making um, blockbusters Mm -hmm. and then studios like A24 and Focus Films Mm -hmm. making like those really good like thinkers and like Mm -hmm. suspense. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're not going to do that. So Mm -hmm. like they're not going to do the universal thing. So yeah, they're not going to do that. um, We'll always have a theater going experience. Yeah. I mean, with when it comes to like A24 or even like Focus Features, I, I wouldn't mind paying for those um vod's because i want those movies to keep being made yeah those are the movies that they um like or plan b oh yeah or plan b yeah exactly uh or like aperture pictures or something like that um they 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 because they they do rely on that money to keep mm-hmm. those productions going. Yeah. So I will totally stick ar- I would totally stick around for like A24. If they were like, oh, like there's this movie called like The Green King or something like that. It's just like really crazy as like medieval movie with like Dev Patel. That's like, that looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. And if they're just like, okay, well, we can't release in theaters because of the Rona, but we want people to see it. You know, here's a VOD. I'd be like, all right, yeah, cool. I'll totally support you guys because I still want to see those creative and innovative stories. Yeah, exactly. Like, like when we talked about uh, the the film with Jordan Peele and uh, Issa Rae. Mm-hmm. Like, I would we would want more of that. Exactly. But if it's something that's just like boom, boom, bang. All right, cool. I'll see it in theaters because I the it deserves a big screen. But I'm not I'm not gonna waste my money fucking seeing it like on a smaller screen. Yeah, like <laughs> um, the proper format. <laughs> Like that one movie. <laughs> Which one? The war movie, not the nineteen seventeen oh. one. The other one. Which uh, which which other? It came out before that. Saving Private Ryan. No. Came out before nineteen seventeen. Yeah. No. Oh, Dunkirk. That one. Okay. Oh yeah. That one has to be seen in theaters. Oh yeah, seventy millimeter, fucking massive you, ass and, screen, and you get that ominous sound. It's not really music, but it's not sound from the film either mm-hmm. and it was just there like mm. and it makes everything so much like more suspenseful oh, that's such a good movie and you will not get that at home yeah that's true you know what i i found a copy of uh i found my copy of 1917 
Um, and I've been meaning to watch on my new TV just to see how it looks. I think mm-hmm. mm, I need to do that. <laughs> that's such a visually stunning movie. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll like we'll wait and see. But I, Kelsey and I think it's like a bad idea. But you know, what do we are? We 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 aren't we we don't do this stuff. Look, when they backtrack, uh-huh. they're gonna be like that Mark and that Kelsey. They knew. <laughs> I know. Hire them. Yeah, hire them. <laughs> they have good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and all we're doing is like. Don't do I that. Know. No. It was a newspaper. No. Stop it. Like, bop him on those. No. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Here's $100,000. <laughs> Thank you. You know what I read? I, I don't know if this is true. It's thinking of, thinking of just easy money. Supposedly, the guy who makes the... There's, there's a guy who actually comes up with the names for these Pixar films, mm-hmm. and he gets paid, like, $90,000 a year or some shit really? like that. Yeah. And there's a Pixar movie called... Cars too. He got paid. Yeah, he got paid like ninety thousand dollars just for Cars too. (laughs) I could do that. I don't know if it's true, but if it is, man, (laughs) fuck that guy. Well, it's his fault because you know if he named it something else, Mm. I probably wouldn't get it confused with Mission Impossible too. I thought you get that confused with Iron Man too. Oh yeah, Iron Man too. Oh my god, you just get confused with everything. All of the twos, okay. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Cars Two, where there's like a, the Starship Enterprise and all that. You, Star Trek Two? You're talking about the Wrath of Khan? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, anything else you want to add on to this to this no. topic? No? <laughs> no. All right. I think all we'll right. just leave that there. All right. What's uh, what's going on next? Next is our geriatric cinematic. Our second one, Pet Cemetery. What is this place? I brought you here to bury Alan's cat. Daddy, is Church all right? Why, Judge? I have no reasons. I dreamed he got hit by a car and you and Mr. Crandall buried him in the pet cemetery. What did we do tonight, Judge? What we did, Lois, was a secret. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Has anyone ever buried a person up there? May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. You're thinking thoughts best not thought of. Something really bad. You're thinking of putting him up there. Don't deny the thought hadn't crossed your mind. Come back to me, Gage. Come back to us. Synopsis is after tragedy strikes, a grieving father discovers an ancient burial ground behind his home with the power to raise the dead. The dead. Directed by Mary Lambert. She did Pet Cemetery 2. Um Mainly known for directing music videos from Madonna, the B-52s, and Janet Jackson. Written by Stephen King, and the screenplay, screenplay was by Stephen King as well. Um, it was The cast is uh, Dale Midkiff, Fred Gwynn, Dennis Crosby, Brad Greenquist, Blaise Bredal, and Mikko Hughes. Um, which one of those is Herman Munster? Uh, Fred, Fred, Fred Gwynn. I like him. Her, yeah, Judd. Yeah, oh, yeah, Judd. Yeah. Judd Crandall. Yeah. Um, so, Kelsey, what did you think about this movie? Well, it has another cat. <laughs> <laughs> this cat is a little bit more prominent in, in this, in this movie. Now you can tell your story about your mom. Yeah. Uh, my mom does not like cats, like, at all. Like, she does, she hates cats. Uh, I remember I asked her about it. I was like, Mom, why do you... I don't know why you don't like cats, why you hate them. And she was saying about, like, 
Don't they take your breath when you sleep? <laughs> well, like her and her brothers, like they used to do like some jacked up stuff to cast and not like torture them and anything. They would just do stuff like um, grab them by the tail and hang them by the telephone pole. That's, the telephone that's torture. No, well, I'm thinking torture. I'm thinking like, oh, they're like mutilating the body. He's like, no, they just like really fuck with it. Whatever. kind of is. <laughs> it was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah. Um, but my mom swears up and down that like there are cats that are going to get revenge on her for this shit because she, she does believe in karma. <laughs> uh. And uh, I remember I had, oh, she's done actually worse stuff now, I think. Not worse stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She used to try to get rid of a cat that would come into her patio and she used to put like, I remember she had me put um, like broken glass on the on the fence the fence wall so the cat wouldn't climb uh-huh. and i remember she went to no like she went to home depot and she tried to buy those really sharp spikes mm-hmm. that they put outside of like grocery stores or to liquor keep the birds away yeah she tried to she tried to buy those and the guy was like what do you need these for she goes well i have a cat issue they're like we don't sell those <laughs> <laughs> no i remember she mixed um like rat poison or something oh like that's food <sighs> And then she felt really bad, and she went outside. She told me, like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. (laughs) Because she actually doesn't hate. It's weird. She hates them, but she doesn't hate them. Yeah, she hates them, but not to the point to, like, murder them. She just wants to maim them. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird, because, like, cats will, like, come into her backyard, and they're just like, I'm just going to walk over here and take a shit in the corner. Like, whatever. And then she's like, get the fuck out of here, fucking cats. And I'm like, cats just goes, meh, and just keeps walking. (laughs) Like that, maybe that's why they keep coming around because they 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 piss her off and they like it. Maybe. Um, but that's not the story I want to share about my mom and cats. Uh, I had told her that we were going to go see Pet Cemetery, and she was like, "Pet Cemetery." I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "Is that the one with the fucking cat with with the with the cat Churchill?" I was like, "Yes, mom." She's like, oh, "I hate that movie with that cat. It looks so evil." So that's one of the reasons why I can't bring a cat to my mom's. At that's all. why I have Pocket. That's why you have Pocket. And I'm falling more in love with her every day. I know. And Pocket is such a sweet cat. Now. Well, yeah, that, that, you did that. <laughs> you did that. But anyway, the movie, Pet Cemetery. Mm. <laughs> Kelsey, what did, you, what did you think about uh, Pet Cemetery? I really like this movie. You had, of course, you have never seen this movie like at all, right? I hadn't seen it at all. I didn't even see the remake. Oh, yeah, the one that came out like last year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't know what it was about. Mm-hmm. None of it. Mm. Um. Like, literally living under a rock. Yeah. And so, I watched this movie mm-hmm. with you, and I thought Judd Crandall was great in it. Mm-hmm. I like his little noir film bad detective <laughs> fucking <laughs> accent. Yeah. Oh, there's a guy over there off town, see? <laughs> Talking <laughs> like that. Um, the, it, the, mo- the, the location of the movie takes place in Maine. Is, I wonder if that's how people Maine talk. No. Okay. Um, Maine's not that far off from where I grew up. Oh, okay. So what's your noir voice? You don't have that? No, I don't. You'd be so much cooler if you did. Good thing I'm not trying to impress you. Not trying to impress me. Just impress yourself with that cool voice. Um, I will never impress myself. <sighs> yeah. You try it. Try it out. Go. Wait, there was one time I impressed myself recently. <laughs> There was one time you impressed yourself recently with the fucking 10 out of 10 parking. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I know we're supposed to be talking about Pet Cemetery, but I got to share this motherfucking story. <laughs> I got to share this story. All right. We went to the beach on Saturday. Uh, no, no this, past, this past Sunday, right? Social distancing and all that kind of stuff. But like the place. Like the beach is never packed. 
Yeah. But the place that we go to, like, parking is, like, nearly fucking impossible, right? And I remember we drove around. We drove around for, like, maybe 15 minutes trying to find parking. It was longer than that. It was it? Damn. And I'm driving, I'm driving, and then... And I'm getting all the little Pokestops on the way. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, like... I go past an area and I quickly slam on my brakes and there's a parking like right to the right of us. I'm like, oh shit, it's turned right in there. It was and like between two houses where it didn't have any signage. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was so perfect that all we had to do was take a step out, five steps forward, boom, we're on the beach. And I was like, perfect parking. And just as we leave, like, just as we walk in, like walking out of like this, the space between two houses onto the beach, turn around and see a sign, 10. That parking was 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. All right. Back to Pet Cemetery. <laughs> I had yeah, to brag about he it. He had to remind me and brag about that at least three or four times yesterday, like on Sunday. Now there's a fourth. You see it three or four times? Fifth time. Boom. <laughs> All right. So what would you like about Pet Cemetery? Uh, so, of course, I liked Fred Gwynn. Um, I liked... The fact that it's kind of realistic how this father was like wanting to save his kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how unsettling it was to have all those trucks driving by. Oh, like they did yeah. a really good job mm-hmm. with the camera work on that and making sure you felt like all the anxiety from those trucks being there. Yeah, especially like the use of um, the use of sound. Mm-hmm. Like you don't hear you like they played with the idea that like the trucks were coming, but like and it's like it's they'll show the truck and then cut away to like someone maybe going on the path or seeing where someone might uh, wander walk, wander yeah and you just see the truck and then at one point like you get so involved like oh my god these people are going across the road you almost like completely forget that the fucking truck is coming mm-hmm. and it's like that like that like that slam sound of like boom it's like a boo but like with a truck yeah. um so i really liked how it how they made it feel with the trucks Mm. um i thought the relationship between the family and the neighbor across the road was real interesting Mm. uh because these days Mm. i would not let anyone talk to my children even if they were across the across the street i have a hard time the cameron made friends with um there's like a neighbor in the other oh, in the complex. Other, yeah. He's that guy that stands out and like, oh, the black guy? yeah. And he'll wave to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm cool with him like that. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a couple times about like cats in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, m- m- like my older one, especially is very outgoing mm-hmm. and she'll stand there and talk to him for like an hour. Oh, wow. And I'm, and I'm like, just not comfortable with it. And I guess, like, last time she told me that she talked to him, like, um, I'm sure it was real innocent, but she was like, yeah, and he, like, he wanted me to dance. And I'm like, no, I don't really dance. And I had to tell her, like, like, I'm sure it's innocent, Cameron, but I don't like a grown-ass man telling, you know, a 12-year-old to dance. Mm. I don't care what the circumstances are. Um, I, I'm just real weird. I don't like people talking to my kids. So, um, so I wouldn't necessarily like now think it would be a great idea to make friends with a neighbor across the street, Mm. especially when he would have all these weird little things that he would say, Mm. like Judd, like, Oh, I I think about the guy apartment. 
no, no, no. Okay, yeah, Judd, yeah. Yeah, he he said weird things right from the get-go. Yeah, very, like, weird kind of cryptic things and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like, he immediately was like, yeah, let me show you the pet cemetery. Yeah, there's a lot of dead animals that die over here, and there's a pet cemetery behind your house. Yeah, yeah and, like, you know... And the stuff in the middle is the worst stuff. And the mm. further you go out, it's okay. Like, I thought that it, it's creepy as fuck, but it's like a great setup. Because like, it eventually like comes around where he, he talks about... Because he talks about his dog. Yeah. You know, And then we get the story about the dog mm-hmm. coming back. Yeah. That's kind of like Cujo style and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that's why I kind of felt funny about them still talking to him. Because mm. some people are actually that oblivious. Yeah. Like, where they're like, okay, cool, we'll talk to anybody because they're harmless. Yeah. Even if they're weird. Yeah, the harmless old man. But I'm kind of like, everyone's fucking weird, mm-hmm. so don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty cool, like, how in the film, um, you don't really get any... You get, like, little tidbits of, like, in, like warning shots that the family comes across. Um, like, for example... Um, uh, the guy Brad Greenquest, who played Victor Pascal, how you have like this very gory scene of like that body that got hit by a truck, but how like that body comes back before like we even before we even get to the tragedy of his son mm-hmm. with the whole pet cemetery, and um, it's like it's like setting up all this kind of like it's not grotesque. There's really not much of grotesque horror for this. Make maybe. Two parts. That's really kind of nasty looking, mm-hmm. um, but it's like this whole like mystery behind the 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 graveyard, yeah. And like bringing up the bodies again. Like I was actually really curious about that whole that whole setup. Like what what happened for that area to be like unholy? Yeah. So interesting thing. Mm. Um, they actually did say what happened. Mm. In the sense that um, it was a burial ground or yeah. like a like a holy place for the Mi'kmaq tribe. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, my mom's one, two. Are you counting the steps upstairs? Wait, 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 wait. Listen, uh, wait. I'm counting something. Okay. One, two, third husband. Okay. Her third husband was Mi'kmaq. Okay. Um, but he had dual citizenship between Canada and um, the United States. Mm. Um, so it was real interesting to me to like, oh, shit, it's the Mi'kmaq tribe. Like, mm. I don't think anyone knows about that tribe because mm. you hear about the Shoshone and, mm. you know, the Algonquins and all that. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Um, so they're saying in the movie that the, the burial ground, mm. they would do ceremonies and they would bring, they were able to like bring things back to life and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then they stopped using it. Yeah, but I want to figure out like. Why they stopped using why it? Why they stopped using it. At what point. Did, and also like, how did they find this? How did they find this area that they could bring back? Well, I have people? a theory. Okay. I'm all ears. Um. What happens to each generation that passes when something is so strong and then over time, like, it gets lost, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, even there are things that we even can't replicate or explain or bring back Mm -hmm. that we know existed Mm -hmm. a long time ago with medicines, with, like, different little technologies or, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Um, And I think 
what happened was the um the tribe stopped using it because they eventually lost the knowledge on how to use it properly. Ah, okay. And I think the reason why people don't come back the right way mm-hmm. is because they're missing a part of whatever ceremony they're supposed to do because mm. all they're doing is digging a hole yeah. and putting a person in there and leaving it overnight. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah. I think there's more to it that they just don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's why everything goes wrong, and that's probably why it was stopped being used because okay. people couldn't remember how to use it properly. Yeah. Um, and also, I think it got found because if it's just a far walk like that, any child could find it. Yeah. And he probably found it as um, Judd probably found it as a child. Yeah, he did. He found it as a child, and that's how he was able to bring um, to bring back his dog. Yeah. Um, I was I, ch- I I never read the Pet Cemetery book, but I saw this really great video by Cineflex um, or Cinef Cineflix, um, where they they do like what's the difference? They they'll talk about a movie and the book that it's based off mm-hmm. and they'll go back and forth but like well it happened in this movie but it happened this way in the book blah blah, blah. they bring up this really great uh kind of like uh this really great plot into the story that um this like the person that bring back because remember like in the movie uh judd tells a story about how his neighbor's son was killed during the war and yeah. they brought him back and he wasn't like correct or something was wrong with him and it kind of and the way how he died was like was like how frankenstein's monster died um but in the book that scenario, same scenario happens however the guy is more cognitive and or co- cognitive right cognizant sorry cognizant and um but he like knows certain stuff that he shouldn't be knowing like he knows like a neighbor like accidentally killed a kid like the, he like knows their deepest darkest secrets and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and I thought that would have been so cool if they did do that in this movie. Like I don't know why Stephen King didn't like add that in there. I think that's probably a lot to add into a movie. Mm. Like especially at that time, I think mm. they just wanted to focus on the mystery of mm, okay. of the people, and mm. it would have added a lot more time and a lot more. Um, they wouldn't have been able to do it justice the amount of time that they had. Okay. Unless they sense. wanted to make it longer, mm. which a lot of films weren't doing. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, that makes sense. Like it's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of like a like a bare version of the book, but like a bare a bare enough version that doesn't really miss a whole lot or doesn't take away a whole lot from the story. Like the only like really complaint I have is like the daughter, um, Eli, who. Um, apparently has like these dreams Mm -hmm. and she's like oh i picture dad i saw i had a dream that daddy was doing something really bad with gage or something like that right Mm -hmm. and in the book come to find out she was actually psychic Mm -hmm. and she actually and um the ghost of visitor victor pascal actually was like communicating with her through these dreams um so i think so maybe because like that i remember when i watched that movie i was always like why she always bring about her dreams that's kind of like they they would talk about it no, I'm sorry. She would say something, but they never talk about it. They never put a connection to that whatsoever. And I think I thought it was actually great that they did that. Oh, okay. Because I got enough of that mm-hmm. watching the movie where she kept bringing up this guy's name and mm-hmm. like she she was kind of too young to really say the name mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, and parents usually don't listen to kids yeah. that well so yeah. like she's so it's telling like too them, late or some shit yeah she's telling them her dreams or whatever and mm. they're kind of worried about her because that's kind of a bad dream for a child that age to have especially 
Um, but at the same time, like maybe they watched something on TV or oh, okay, yeah, and dismissed. Maybe that. it's because they moved and they're a little like too stressed out mm. or whatever. Yeah. Um. So they wouldn't necessarily take her word for it until mm. she finally was able to, you know, make her mom put two and two together. Yeah. Um. So I think that it's like you still. For me, it wasn't that I wasn't sure that she was psychic. Mm. I got more of a sense, like, as I do with most Stephen King things, that mm. the person ends up with abilities because they're in an area, like, that's fucked up. Like the shining. The shining. Yeah, like that. Mm. Or, um, yes, the like shine. It. Yeah. Because it was, like, a place you would go and you couldn't remember anything once you left. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, so, so I kind of felt like, Maybe she didn't, she wasn't psychic, but maybe she was being affected by the area that they were in. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And especially because she wasn't able to, like, they didn't give you a sense that she was like that at all before she got there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So that's that's what I was getting from it. Makes sense. And yeah. that he was trying to help her as he was trying to help the mom, too, so. Yeah, yeah. Um I have a confession to make. I've told Kelsey this before. The scene where the where the where Gage gets hit by the truck, you don't see it, but like you see close to the moment of impact. That scene still makes me laugh because I just pictured the child flying like a rag doll, <laughs> and I shouldn't. But it, you know, because I, I don't know, it's, I'm sick like that. I guess. Um, well, it's the sound effects because all you hear is thud, 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 like. <laughs> yeah. And I remember we were watching that. Um, and, you know, as Gage Gage does come back, but all he has is like a scar on his on his forehead. Uh-huh. And I remember you and I were just like, "Yo, that baby would have been like obliterated yeah. by that truck. That truck <laughs> was going like a hundred miles down the road. Yeah. And this child who's like maybe twenty pounds, mm-hmm. it just would just get shattered completely." He was probably more than 20 pounds because one-year-olds are 20 pounds. Oh, was he probably a two-year-old? He was wearing a diaper, so he had to be maybe... He was probably about two. two. So, all right, so he's 25 pounds <laughs> or 30 pounds. <laughs> um, however, I have to give it to that kid's performance. But like when he comes back with that knife. He, his performance of the whole thing was great. Uh, I felt like somehow he knew what he was supposed to do. I don't know. I think... Normally, like, normally when it comes to, like, uh, films back then, they would, like, rely on twins to, mm-hmm. like, swap them out. But from what I'm understanding, it was it, it was Miko Hughes, and it was just him. And he was able to, like, really pull a lot. He was really able to, like, I know he's, like, a kid, but, like, telling the kid to, like, how to act and what you wanted to do and what not to look at the camera is a fucking difficult yeah. task. And he was able to like pull that stuff off like so well, especially like the part where he had like so he had the knife and he was like, "Oh, come play with me!" And he's like, the, "The face, the fucking face, the kid with the hands!" Like, oh shit! Exactly. I found that kid actually more terrifying than Chucky from Child's Play. Like every time I think of Child's Play, Child's Play just never scared me because I'm just like, "Yo, it's a doll. Let me just kick the shit out of this doll and that's it." But this child, especially the part after like the father gets back. At, or the mother has gotten home and everything, and she gets, like, killed by the kid and shit. Mm-hmm. And then the father, like, goes to Judd's house, and, like, the wife, like, drops down from the attic, and the kid's like, hey, dad, and then, like, dives at him. Yeah. It looks funny, but terrifying at the same way, because it's yeah. like, <laughs> Yeah, like, it's funny, because, oh, you're so little, but at the same time, you're <laughs> like, oh, shit, I'm gonna die. <laughs> like, oh, it's so cute. He looks so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like with the cat. 
Oh, exactly. Yeah, the throwing cat. Oh, especially our cats. <laughs> yeah, but you know Churchill. <laughs> Churchill, the the cat in this movie. He's always growling. Yeah, like in every scene. That cat was so cute. But like, how didn't they? I I would have thought that that cat would have been more of a focus. Mm. Because it kind of was for the dad. Yeah. But even though it was the daughter's cat, she never mentioned really anything about him being different or. She, the only thing she'd mentioned was like, oh, you smell really bad. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, like, that's it. But like, you would notice like, oh, you're not as playful or you mm. run away or you're growling all the time. or. I think probably because that cat never growled at her. Like, I, I think there was even a part where like she was like sleeping with the cat. And the cat never just treated her, and the, the, the cat just did not like the father. Well, for her being psychic, and especially mm. kids notice stuff like that, Yeah, I'm sure she would have noticed something. Yeah. You know, like, this cat's not, she would have been like, this isn't Churchill. Yeah. Like, where's my cat? Or what happened to her? Or Maybe her, like, psychic powers hadn't, like, had, like, reached a certain level to notice shit like that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I do enjoy how dark this movie gets, like at the the dark ending. Mm-hmm. Um, that part where um, where Lewis is carrying his wife, and Victor's like, like Lewis, like don't do this, please don't do this, like don't do this at all. And like you didn't learn the first time. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can tell, um, especially like Dale uh, Mikiff's performance, you can tell he just like snapped because he's like, I lost my son. Yeah, and I've lost like, and I've I've i lost my son because I didn't care enough or didn't watch him, and then like I've lost my wife because I cared too much about my son, mm-hmm. and like now he's like, well, I gotta fix this, I gotta fix this somehow. Um, I forget what he says why he thinks it'll work this time. Oh, because the body was fresher. Yeah. Yeah, he said the Which body. Which is was- the same thing about the reanimator. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, and I I really enjoyed the fact that like. He he buries the body, and he just like sits there and counts counts the cards, and he's not taking. He like either he like he probably just like just goes fuck it like, like I mean he's just so traumatized about what's been happening that he just doesn't care that he knows his wife's gonna come back and possibly harm him. Mm-hmm. Even like when she shows up, like half her face is like gone. Yeah, it's even like. Something coming like pus or something coming out of his eye. Yeah, and he still loves her and gives her that smooching. Yeah, that's true love. Mm. I mean, it's gross, but it's true love. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I like how I like how dark this movie ends. Where like she grabs a knife and like killed like we don't know if he dies, but he has to like if he had to have died because that screaming was like so bad. Yeah, like I think she like bit his neck or something, or she stabbed him. Yeah, she like yeah, the last shot is like her raising a knife and cut the black, and then like that screaming. Yeah. Well, at least the daughter got out. It was kind of a good ending. <laughs> you think it was a good ending? Yeah, because his pain is gone. That is true. And nobody's gonna drag him back to the place. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised that if Stephen King was like, "I'm gonna do a Pet Cemetery two story." Hmm. Um, because like there's like the sequel to The Shining uh, what's another sequel that he did that nobody thought he would do I feel like he did no he didn't do another it well Doctor yeah so The Shining I know there has to be a sequel that he did that no one thought he would do but I can't think of it right now um, yeah I'm surprised he because the daughter's still alive mm-hmm. so I'm surprised he has not done a sequel to like with focusing on her like when she's an adult or something yeah kind of like the Doctor Sleep thing yeah 
But I guess the logistics of that would be weird. Yeah, that's true. Unless she has a child and the child finds the place. Yeah, something like that. I mean, there is that there is that Pet Cemetery 2 sequel that is really bad. <laughs> that's a really bad movie. Yet I've seen it a dozen times. Yeah. But it's really bad. <laughs> um Oh, okay. So um the it, uh, anything about the gore cuz we talked about gore in the in for the reanimator. What do you think about like the level of violence with the gore in this one? It wasn't as glorious as it was in mm. um, Reanimator, mm. but it was still good. I liked more the the scene setups and the colors mm. and the 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 um, tension in the air. Mm. Uh, Reanimator kind of had that too, but it more focused on the gore and the weirdness mm. as opposed to like Pesimetary focuses more on on the relationships between the people and like what's gonna happen yeah i think like the the level of like of like death and gore and stuff like that it really it's it's very subdued but i think it's it's perfectly subdued for this type of movie Mm -hmm. because it's not like flashy or anything like that the only thing that actually it actually still scared me when we rewatch when we watched it at the at the drive-in is that scene where he's carrying where uh uh lewis is carrying cage to bury him Mm -hmm. and that weird like creature like pops out of the water like like all that kind of stuff yeah yeah and you never get an explanation about it he's just like whoa shit yeah and i i I honestly forgot about that me too i just remembered right now when you said it (laughs) like what the fuck was that (laughs) um so all in all which so what's what's your final verdict on uh pet cemetery this holds up too holds up too Mm -hmm. yeah so good I'm curious to watch that remake, see how bad it is. I heard that remake is trash. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen it either. I think, like, they changed the ending, like, just a little bit. Mm. So, I don't know. Makes me want to take a nap in a pet cemetery. By, by all means, Like Lewis did, you know? Uh, yeah, you go ahead and do that. With his muddy feet in his bed after. Uh, what kind of person does that? He didn't know he did it. He was confused when he woke up. Yeah. I mean, I've been drunk, but I at least know how to take my shoes off. <laughs> Gross. Um, yeah, I still think I still think it holds up. Um, it's one of, like the f- I want to say it's one of the few, but it's one of those old Stephen King Stephen King films that was done really actually still done really well and that still does hold up. Like if you watch, a, a lot of people like the the Tim Curry it from like the early nineties, but if you rewatch it, it's kind of really shitty. Yeah, uh, Tim Curry is like the only thing that really sells it, and. Um, the, that movie, you can tell that movie's like made for for television. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, fucking it too. The recent one was not good at either. No, was I was. Bad. I remember I was laughing at it so hard, I was cracking up. So bad. I honestly think Pet Cemetery mm. is better than The Shining. <gasps> what? <laughs> Apparently, Patch disagrees with you. Like, Patch is like, really? Like you like that? <laughs> I do. I like The Shining, but I thought Pet Cemetery had, yeah. uh, I don't know, better pacing, like better suspense. Mm. Mm. <sighs> You're dead to me now. No, I'm joking. Everybody has their own favorite Stephen King uh, adaptation. Mm. To me, it's even though Stephen King hates The Shining, to me it's The Shining. Because <laughs> I love <laughs> that movie so damn good. Um, yeah, for Pet Cemetery, yeah. T- for on my take, uh, yeah, it still does hold up. Um that I honestly would not mind showing 
my daughter, maybe like two years. I'll show Cameron. Yeah, well, I think Cameron will be terrified. She will be, but she's like lately, like I want to watch this. She wanted to watch it. We watched it. She mm. totally regretted it, mm. but she watched it. She's trying to. She's trying to build up her courage. <laughs> Literally, I had to uh, soften the blow of horror, the horror genre. Oh, you need a palate cleanser? No, no, no. To dip her toe. Oh, uh, okay. And guess what she chose to try? What? Supernatural. <laughs> God. <laughs> but doesn't she, doesn't she even think that's a little too intense? She did when, when she first started watching it, but now she's kind of like, eh, whatever. Uh. <sighs> All right. Uh, anything else to add? Are we done? Are we good? That's it. That's it. All right, so we want to thank you folks for tuning in this week for a fabulous episode, a double geriatric cinematic feature. Yes, you're super old. <laughs> um, you can find this podcast and all past episodes on all podcast podcast catchers, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, there you go, Podbean, mm-hmm. all that other stuff. Um so next week, uh, all right, we kind of we kind of went back and forth in this one, but fuck it, we're gonna do it. Um, next week, uh, we're gonna do a recent review. It's gonna be David Ayer's latest film, The Tax Collector. Um, that is available to rent wherever you find your VODs. Um, so with that, we are gonna match that up for our geriatric cinematic. We're gonna do To Live and Di- To Live and Die in L.A. The issue is I can't find it streaming anywhere for you folks to check out. So I would recommend that you go to Torrance, California, or you purchase a copy. Um, But, you know, if not, still join in. If you haven't seen it, hop on in anyway to kind of get our our opinion on the tax collector and to live and die in L.A. Uh, It's the William Freakin film. Uh, When did that movie come out? 1985. All right. Uh, You're in a roll with the 1985 films. I know, right? Um, So the topic for next week's show is that L.A. life. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we're going to bid you guys adieu. Um, Wash your damn hands. Wear your mask. Come on. Let's beat this pandemic. Let's let's come together and beat this fucking pandemic because I really like to go to a bar and get a drink. I really want to go. Mm-hmm. To the money or footsies. You know, you, every time we talk about this, that's, that's, those are two places you go to that, first. Because those are like the places that kind of became our places, like yeah. our spots. Yeah. I miss like, you know, going out with you, not just sitting at home mm-hmm. looking at your ugly face. Oh, damn. I'm just kidding. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but at least if I get drunk, I got the, you know... The alcohol. Oh, the alcohol. Filter. Yeah, it makes my face tolerable. Thanks. Got it. You're welcome. Got them. We got them. Uh, them alcohol goggles. goggles yeah. yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I'm gonna leave you guys off with a story uh, that I hope you take with you and learn from it. Uh, so my my youth, I would say in my early mid. Early and mid-20s, I used to attend a lot of uh, drug-fueled p- parties. 
uh, people just doing wild stuff, taking a lot of drugs, doing all this kind of stupid shit. And at one of these parties, there was a guy who, he was on something. Don't know what, but he was on something. And he told everybody that he was going to do a backflip off the top of a house into the pool. And he gets up there, and he does his backflip, and he misses the pool. <laughs> and someone looks at me and goes like, is, is he all right? And I looked back at them. And the words of Herbert West came to me, played by Jeffrey Combs. The words went as such. Don't expect it to tango. It has a broken back. <laughs>